4: Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to 2 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the Tyrac.com studios, Tyrac.com. We'll help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over ten thousand recommended installers. Is the way tire buying should be welcome in. So, um, funny thing happened on the way to the coronation of Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel or even Ben Johnson being a head coach. They didn't get jobs. Instead, Dan Quinn gets the job. Dan Quinn gets the job. So uh, look, if you want to look at resume, it makes a whole lot of sense, right? Because Dan Quinn has um, everybody, I think, respected the defense of the Dallas Cowboys the past couple years since he's been there. That's, you know, kind of quietly been their strength. He's also been a head coach before with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, And he's won a Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks as their defensive coordinator. So he's built great defenses. He's been a head coach before. He has the experience. And he's actually coached in that division. There's, there's nothing not to like about Dan Quinn other than this idea that, well, he's a defensive guy. Well, Vrabel's a defensive guy. Belichick's a defensive guy. Uh, Seattle just hired, right? Just hired a defensive guy. It is interesting, though, on how, you know, how you choose to rebuild, and I've said this in regards to whether it's me, anybody else, anyone who's building a coaching staff. Like it, it really isn't rocket science. Find people who know what you don't know and that you trust and you think they're good and then empower them to do their work. And look, Dan Quinn's success or failure is largely going to be based upon what they do at the quarterback position. I and mean, that's the reality of it. And you know he'll have this window now where especially if they draft a quarterback and play a quarterback remember that rookie quarterback is on that rookie contract and years 1 through 4 are not really they don't really hurt you at all on the salary cap so you can build an entire roster and hopefully the quarterback by the time they get to that second contract is a is leading you to the playoffs it's just really interesting on how we, we've taken this well. Offensive coaches. Yeah, that's the way to go. I, I, I don't even understand that. Because, yeah, there's been some good offensive coaches. There's been some good defensive coaches. LaFleur has obviously done an outstanding job with the Green Bay Packers. Yes, he he's stabilized their offense. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers won two MVPs, and look at what, how, how well Jordan Love did. But they didn't do anything until their defense made plays in the playoffs. And let's see what happens as they got to replace defense coordinator. Now, Kyle Shanahan, clearly an offensive guy, but he's employed really good defensive guys. Um, John Harbaugh, who, of course, lost in the AFC championship game. He's a former special teams coach. And he's had a litany of defensive minds and a couple different offensive minds as well. Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid, clearly mostly offensive. But he has a former head coach and Steve Spagnolo, who's a defensive wizard doing his defense. And then, you know, you have Dan Campbell, who's a former tight ends coach, more of a motivational guy. Doesn't really get into the coordinating sort of thing. It's just weird though, right? That that somehow the media convinced everybody, or maybe the numbers convinced everybody that you have to go offensive. And I don't know if that's really the case. Does it get you fired up if you're a Commanders fan? Yeah, no. But that's not the way that NFL coaching works. NFL coaching isn't about being excited about a, go- about a head coach. It, r- it really isn't. It's about finding the right coach for the right time, and then helping get the right kind of culture and mantra and attitude. And like, look, if if you don't like Dan Quinn, okay, you don't have to. But I think anyone could see he did a great job in Seattle. Uh, when they went to the Super Bowl in Atlanta, right? When they went to the Super Bowl in Atlanta, um, that was a defense that flew around the field, and what he's been able to do in Dallas with that defense they take some chances they go after some stuff they're not great but they are undersized and they fly around i think if you're i think if you're watching you should be excited but again you got to have the personnel to go with it it is weird though that belichick and i i respect this about belichick like if belichick was just like i only want to do it if i can do it my way and they're like ah, well you don't want to do it your way like okay Vrabel's the interesting one to me because I thought coach is coach. Everybody thinks he's a hell of a coach. And then and then McDonald, um, I only thought that was a done deal because everybody said it was. they thought it was a done deal. Byron, what do you think of the most um, interesting or, yeah, let's just say interesting because we don't know what's good and what's bad. What's the most interesting hired mate?
0: Under the radar, uh, I think it's in Carolina with Dave Canales because of what are you going to do with Bryce Young? I think that Harbaugh is the headliner, and I do think that the Seahawks are a marquee job. And even if the commander's hire isn't as flashy, it's still a strong fan base. Um, I, I mean, we're talking in a season that I, now really for his career, Bryce Young is going to be compared to C.J. Stroud and what has happened there. So if you're Carolina, and by the way again with the draft coming up this in late April, you've traded your number no. 1 overall pick to the Bears for Bryce Young and that number no. 1 overall pick will very likely be Caleb Williams. So now if you're Dave Canales, you have got to make something out of Bryce Young. And I think that that is, you know, full shakeup there. We've seen instability uh with Everything that's been under Dave Tepper as an owner, change after change after change. I mean, that's that is a decision that could alter a franchise for a, you know, a decade if they don't make something work with Bryce Young. Because not only did you not get CJ Stroud or you made the wrong hires, you've also then gave this pick. So I think having Dave Canales work with Bryce Young is something that is we're not like focusing on in terms of the hiring process, but I think it's a really big deal in the NFL. I agree as
4: well. I I think the, the Canales thing is going to be interesting. Uh, Jay, Stewart, do you want to tell everybody why he's your favorite coaching hire ever?
5: I mean that story that came out yesterday. I don't know. I don't know who was holding back on that story. He writes an entire book with his wife about his addiction to pornography and substances and how they overcame it with faith. And all of this comes out after he's been hired. Yeah. I mean, think about just how great a candidate he must be to for the Panthers to have read that book and be like, man, you've been through it. He must be just an amazingly, uh, I don't know, positive and inspiring guy on the other side here uh but no it's an it, it's an incredible story and I don't know why we just know about it unless i i missed it i mean, well, i missed did, it too I I, I,
4: I I didn't i saw it today i didn't know that existed beforehand right did, did did anybody know that existed beforehand that was one of those like really you wrote a book and he was with the Seahawks for a while and i didn't i didn't even realize it no and he's only thirty seven i mean he's not yeah. he, he's not not sure. like he was a no anyone knew who he was super young guy but yeah i mean like listen you only take that job right you have to take that job and either have complete faith in bryce young or lie your ass off and go like hey i can i can do it i can do it right and and because there's no way like you said they're they're stuck they can't draft anybody they got to draft a team around him so i'm guessing because he's tepper tepper was the one that wanted Bryce Young. Tepper
0: wants him to fix fix Bryce Young. You know, this Quinn hire as well is is one that right now is where it's really I just saw a draft a, a excuse, not a draft grade, but a coaching grade on all the hires. And I'll, I'll just say this CBS had a draft yep. grade of all the hires. And they gave Dan Quinn a D plus. And it very it may be a D plus in the end, who knows? But if they go eleven and six next season, none of it's going to matter. What this coaching hiring is, I, I think now is how do I find my next Kyle Shanahan, and anything less than finding your next Kyle Shanahan is kind of a disappointment. Which is why I think Ben Johnson is such a hot name. Uh, you know, we've talked about the ramifications of hiring offense versus defense, but when you really get into the actual nuts and bolts of a season. Doesn't matter as much. We just, at this point, if you're hiring a head coach, and I'm guilty of it being a Seahawks fan as well, of being like, okay, what guy are we going to hire that's going to dominate the NFL for the next decade that no other team is going to be able to match, you know, game in and game out or season in and season out, and we're always going to be there. Like, that's your home run hope. But in reality, when the season comes around, if Washington's winning football games, they're not going to care that they didn't. Want Dan Quinn as their head coach or weren't jazzed about it. Well,
4: I, I think it's you, you bring up a great point. Like, um, he's a D. Did you say D minus? Is that what they said? They D gave minus? him a D plus. D, oh, D plus. D plus. By the way, a D plus is a grade that doesn't exist. No one actually gives D plus. <laughs> right, yeah. Right, right yes. No one, no one ever, I would love to see if there's ever a report card ever that gave a D plus. C minus, for sure. D plus, that doesn't exist. Anyway. Like we've reached the world of ridiculousness. The guy built the Legion of Boom or was the one of the architects of the Legion of Boom, at least as the defensive coordinator in Seattle. They went to the Super Bowl in Atlanta. And in Dallas, the defense has been outstanding the past 2 years. And you give it a D plus. Like what what I mean what amount of grading who would have been better? What you like Ben Johnson? He's never been a head coach before. And oh yeah, by the way, his he appears to be great. Like I'd love I'd love to see what he does as a head coach. But Dan Quinn has been just as successful as a defensive coordinator as Ben Johnson has been as an offensive coordinator. And he's been to a head been a head coach and gone to the Super Bowl. Like what are we doing? I I think it's a great hire, I just do. Um I don't know Dan personally. I do know that like Micah Parsons loves playing for him. Part of it is you gotta have guys you wanna be a head coach, you gotta have guys that people yeah. love playing for him. Yep. Um, and you know, remember who his offensive coordinator was when he was in Atlanta, when they went to the Super Bowl, Kyle Shanahan, which shows me that one, he understands the talent and, and play calling and two, he's not a hands-on with the offensive sort of guy. So I, Dan Quinn, a D plus is comedy is pure, pure comedy.
5: This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Do
2: you love Selena?
3: Like, really love?
2: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
3: And Stan, we do over three whole
6: episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon.
2: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
3: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe
4: What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcast live from the Tireight.com studios. Tireight.com, while be get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10000 recommended dollars. Tireight.com is the way tire buying should be. Do, 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 um, Okay, so if you're just listening to the show, a, a couple things you should know. Um, it's a three-hour show, our third hours podcast only, so you can download it wherever you download podcasts next part to it and this is important is that um we've been doing this a long time and you know i don't i'm not one of these guys that has takes to make waves my takes can naturally make waves because you say what you think long enough into a microphone and people disagree with it Um, i say that because the brock purdy thing you know uh niner fans are pretty a pretty interesting lot there's a lot of them, a lot of them, and um, um, when Brock Purdy was about mid-season, you know, he was on the board as one of the favorites to win. There was actually a week where he was a favorite to win the MVP, and then he had a couple of weeks where he was down when he had Debo um, Samuel was hurt, Christian McCaffrey was hurt, I think Trent Williams was hurt too. And he had a, a bad run of interceptions and people started to dial that back. Then they came back and he played well again. Anyway, during that time in which he was the favorite to win the NFL's MVP, um, I said, like, look, I think there's, you know, I think there's 15 quarterbacks that could do what he's doing with, with the, the Niners. Now, I didn't say that anyone could do it. There's not a quarterback that couldn't do it. I just said there's probably about 15 that could. You know, that he's benefiting from playing kind of with an all-star team. And look, some of it is they've done a really, really good job in the draft. Right? And obviously the trade for Trent Williams, gigantic move. But um, uh, some of it is that they're able to pay and keep more players because their quarterbacks don't make anything. Like nothing. 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 So, um, you know, Niners Nation, as soon as we put that out digitally or we, I said in the radio, oh, you're a hater. And again, that's what's happened here is we've had these Brock Purdy haters out there or people being labeled as a hater. You're not a hater when you go like, yeah, I just don't think he's the MVP. I don't think he has what Josh Allen has. I don't think he's as valuable to his team as Josh Allen is, as Pat Mahomes is, as Lamar Jackson is, as these quarterbacks. And what happens is people will use, hey, you're using a bad game of Brock Purdy. Like, no, actually you're using a bad game by Josh Allen to make your point. Whereas my thing is he can't play poorly. They won't win. Right? That's where value is. Whereas Brock Purdy can just play okay and they can win. Why? Because he's not close to the most important part of their team. Now, he is really accurate. He can scramble. Super likable. Players like playing for him. All of those things are great. Cam Newton, if you remember, called him a game manager. Right? Then Cam Newton said this earlier today.
7: I've never said that Brock Purdy was trash. What I did say is brock Parody is a game manager that's not hate that's just what i feel to be facts but i still reserve the right to say this to be labeled a game changer brock Parody has to be the best player on the offensive side of the ball Mm. and that's not the case and who's the best player christian mccaffrey (laughs) man look i ain't recanting and if you really want to just be honest, if you add in a defensive talent and you add in the offensive talent, Brock Parody is the 10th best player on his team. Okay, cool. Did he have a great game? Yes. yes. Is he been playing out of his mind? Yes. Is he a quarterback that's hot?
4: Yes. yes. But he's still the 10th best player on his team. Well, look, what he did was he had, he didn't have a very good game against Green Bay. He struggled in the rain and then had an outstanding last drive and won the game. He didn't have a particularly good first half at all against the Lions. Had a good second half, made some big plays, especially with his legs, and won the game. All that stuff is great, and that's the stuff of a winner, a competitor. Um, awesome. Awesome. But, like, let's also say uh, this is a little bit like the old Tebow thing. We're giving him credit for putting out a fire that he started. Look, I put out the fire. You started the fire. And, and I always find it interesting we do this. And obviously Cam has a greater belief in self than other people do. You know, he thinks of himself as a game changer. Um, And and Cam was, there's a lot of Lamar Jackson to Cam. Um, And I don't think Cam ever evolved enough as a passer to be an all-time great. But he was a league MVP. He did go to a Super Bowl. And... He never, he, here's the other part about the argument. People are making it about Cam Newton talking about himself. This wasn't about Cam Newton, about himself. This is simply about Brock Purdy. So I actually like the take and like the, like the plan. Yes, I like the take because it agrees with mine, of course. Right? That's, that, that's the echo chamber that we talked about yesterday is, oh, you have an opinion that sounds like mine? Cool. That one I really, really like. I just, I don't think it's crazy to go. Hey, he's good. He's we do this all the time as people. We link in somebody's story with trying to evaluate how good they are. And and believe it or not, there's there's nothing nefarious to that. We do it if we. It's pop life's a popularity contest, you know, and we. The fact that he was Mr. Irrelevant has no relevance at all in trying to evaluate if he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. None. But you hear it used in every different argument, every different argument made about Brock Purdy. Well, I mean, the guy was the last guy drafted. That's unbelievable. Like, okay, Tony Romo wasn't drafted. Kurt Warner wasn't drafted. We act like these are things we've never had this before. Like, what are you talking about? Kurt Warner stacked boxes in the offseason, played in Arena League in NFL Europe, and only because of a freak injury in a preseason game did he get an opportunity, and then he became a Hall of Famer. And then his career fell apart again, and then he was the backup in Arizona, and then he won the job, and he took them to a Super Bowl. Right? I mean, this has... Happened actually before, and we've had even better outcomes. So, uh, good to know Cam Newton is still on board, still on board with his picks. And what he's saying is a different way of saying exactly what I've been saying. No one said he sucks. No one said he's bad. He's way better than anybody could have thought. But just... You got to know sometimes what you're looking at. And I i mean, Cam Newton would know it a lot better than me. And it's also echoing what other people in the NFL have said and what I believe to be true. It's a good player, great competitor, good leader. But we're using the fact that he was Mr. Irrelevant to make the case for him being you know, one of the elite players in the NFL,
5: which he just is not. Yes, uh, Jason Stewart. Yes, Jason Stewart. There's like this, uh, and maybe this is the point you're making. Clarify this for me. So the guy is Mr. Irrelevant. You know, every team passed on him six or seven times. Including the including
4: the, the 49ers.
5: Yeah. And, and And it seems as though the only reason why this debate takes place is because of talking heads, and some random, what, bet on wine thing that put him as the, the top MVP uh, candidate. Like, none of this is his own doing. In other words, Brock Purdy has never stood up and said, I'm an elite quarterback. His teammates have never said that. His head coach has never said that. This all seems to be just rumblings of people that talk about the sport and this bet on wine thing that, that happened to put him as an MVP frontrunner. And I don't think that that's fair to his story. Like, their, his story is amazing, and it, it it I don't I think it gets it, widely overshadowed by all of this. Like, for whatever reason, he's like a, a polarizing source among the community that talks about the sport. I, I don't think that's that's fair to him per se.
4: We make everything polarized. We're the worst. There's nothing good about us at all. We can't just appreciate stuff. We have to throw everything on a list. Everybody has to be judged and graded and stacked and pa- we can't we we can't. We we can't. You're right, Jason. We just can't get out of it. Can't get our own way. Well, yeah, he's good, but is he a top five quarterback? Like, who freaking cares? My point then, and my point is now. Like, I don't care if he's. Of course, he's not as good as Aaron Rodgers. Of course, he's not as good as Pat Mahomes. What are you? What are you nuts? But he's like Taylor Heineke. Like you remember when Taylor Heineke was quarterback of the whether the football team then. I think it was for the football team. Right. And uh, he had a game against Tom Brady and they, they lost to the the Patriots, but they led a good portion of the way. And then after the game, he goes over to shake Tom Brady's hands. And like, you realize Taylor Heineke is tiny and Tom Brady is gigantic. Like, wow. He looks like he's Tom Brady's son. You know, (laughs) I mean, that's what he looked like. And, you start to realize why Taylor Heineke, who's still in the NFL, he's with the Falcons, he's still a good little backup quarterback and run around. You know, he's kind of like a uh, uh, a poor man's purdy, if you will. But then you look at Tom Brady, like, holy cow, I had no t- Tom Brady. Like, if you haven't met Tom Brady, Tom Brady's a big dude. He's six foot five. And, you know, look, I'm six feet tall. So I would list six, one, I'm not six, one, unless I have sh- sh- sneakers on. Um, but I'm um, so, I mean, like, look, I'm, I'm contradicting when I tell my own son or kids, I listen, you can be whatever size you want, It's how hard you fight, how, you know, but there is something to the arm strength, the, the, the power you can generate when you're bigger. When you're bigger, most of these are big, gigantic men. Like, you, do you really think Brock Purdy's better than? Let's like kind of go through the quarterbacks and be like, no, he's probably not. No, he's probably not. Right? He's not better than Matt Stafford. Stop. Like Matt Stafford's really good. He's Not better than Kirk Cousins. Like, oh, wait, no, no. And now, look, he may be more clutch than Kirk Cousins, but is he more clutch because he's more clutch, or is he more clutch because he's got Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and Trent Williams is a left tackle? Like, which, what makes him more clutch? But he's not, you know, Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen, Stafford. Like, th- those guys. Those guys, crazy arm talent. Lamar Jackson. Now, he's more accurate than Lamar. And he's made, frankly, bigger plays the last two weeks than Lamar made. And Lamar's at home. But, I again, if you played 100 games, you would say Lamar gives you more in terms of talent and pop, right? Wouldn't you? So, I mean, he's not. he's not, he's not better than Joe Burrow. Like, we just go Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, Rogers, Stafford. I didn't even put Herbert in there. I didn't put Lamar Jackson in there. Like, now we're working down to eight. Like, those guys are better than him. And yet he's still playing.
5: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app.
3: And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our
6: podcast, Becoming an Icon.
2: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
3: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe
4: Snug Outleap Show, Fox Sports Radio. Josh Lucas will join us upcoming in about seven or eight minutes, former director of play personnel with Chicago Bears. Get an update from Dan Beyer, but. Wait, Dan Quinn leaves the Cowboys, goes to the Commanders. Yeah!
5: Let's talk about the Cowboys. Why? Well, because they're the Cowboys. I
4: different things with the Cowboys going on two different things going on with the Cowboys that we got to talk about um, first Dan Quinn leaves so what happens to their defensive coordinator position right that's a fascinating deal as Adam Peters has hired Dan Quinn as their their head coach. So who immediately takes over? I mean, wouldn't that be a great spot for Mike Vrabel? Wouldn't it? Um, And now you could also sit there and go, hey, if you hire Vrabel, is he looking over the shoulder of the head coach to ultimately be the head coach? But again, that's where Jerry has said, I want to go all in. I don't care. Like, I think that's what he means. I think that's what it means. And also the ability to hire your own defense coordinator. This is one of the things that, you know, people ask why guys take, why guys turn down jobs. And of course the Cowboys job in terms of um, who would actually take it over the years. And some of it comes down to a decision like this. Am I going to be allowed to pick my own defense coordinator? You know, am I going to be allowed to pick my own defense coordinator? I think Vrabel's the perfect hire there. I mean, I don't think they can get Belichick to be a defense coordinator. That would be amazing if you did, right? How crazy would that be? But Vrabel, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. I want to play for you something that Micah Parsons said on his podcast. So everybody will draw their own opinion of this, and we'll go around the room here a little bit, and I'll ask what you guys think Micah Parsons is saying. But this is Micah Parsons' on his own podcast talking about how he thought he played against the Packers
7: at the end of the day we were just outperformed out-schemed they had an answer for everything people saying well why ain't not you go to linebacker cuz they said you could stop the run well guess what the packages are in for me to go to linebacker there's multiple packages multiple variations but I can only play what it's called. Whatever they're calling, whatever personnel they're putting on, I'm not putting out personnel. I'm not putting out the calls. There, Nothing's coming from me. I do see a Super Bowl in my future. I want to be a Super Bowl champion. I challenge anyone to actually go look at the game film and say that Micah play his heart out. To go out like that at home was completely embarrassing and unacceptable. It took me a while to even be able to show my face in the public.
4: Okay, so uh, I'll tell you what I heard. In a second, but I want to give these guys a chance. Okay, Byer, let me start with you. What did you hear from Micah Parsons?
0: I heard Micah Parsons trying to defend himself towards the people that were saying the stuff on social media or reaching out to him. Like, I think that it wasn't throwing the team under the bus. He was just trying to explain why maybe he wasn't in certain positions.
4: He, he did. it. There was a little bit of... Hey, we got the scheme. We have the packages in for me to be a linebacker. I just wasn't there. There was a little bit of a Dan Quinn, what are you calling? But okay. Um, Chase, what'd you hear?
5: Um, Kind of like Dan said, I think he's defending uh, himself against probably social media haters. And he just doesn't do a great job of not throwing the coaches under the bus. In other words, maybe if there was somebody there who could follow up with a question, maybe they could have gotten a little more clarity but yeah, it was it wasn't well said. It was misspoken, I think. But I don't think his intentions were bad.
4: Profet, what about you?
5: So, uh, it it does it does feel like the first inclination on there is that he is talking about the schemes, and I'm sure maybe there is a question of Micah if he's if. Like why isn't I why aren't why am I not being used in those schemes? But yeah, ultimately it is a lot of I, I agree with Dan, it is a lot of defending himself in that regard. I think these guys, you know, these these podcasts they have for themselves, they get a lot of questions, and I don't think they're thinking really in terms of what it means for the rest of the defense for the Cowboys, they're talking more on themselves there. So here's
4: the thing. Social media and new media combined to give us these abject disasters, right? Abject disasters, because the way I hear it is the way that you guys hear it is that he's really backpedaling, being defensive. Hey, you know we can look at that film and say I didn't play my ass off. Like I don't remember anybody saying otherwise. And by the way, you're commenting on people's comments on social media. They don't matter. Like somebody said, pull Mike aside. These people don't matter. They don't matter. The only thing that matters is really how your coaching staff saw you perform and your front office because they're going to compensate you at the level of your performance. That's that's how it works. And and how the rest of the league sees you as well because that's going to create the market for you. And everybody thinks he's one of the five best defensive players in the league. Maybe one of the five best players in the league. So uh, you're really wasting a ton of energy. But this is an abject disaster because I could listen to that and go like, if I didn't know he didn't that he really liked Dan Quinn, if I didn't know that he was really happy being a Dallas Cowboy, I would say that man he really threw Dan Quinn under the bus. Well, we have the the packages in, but I I wasn't playing that position, so apparently somebody didn't think I was valuable. Like, come on, dude, what are we doing? <laughs> and even though pr teams can be annoying to people in, on our side and overprotective like he's exposing himself to sound very immature you're going back at haters on twitter why what's the win there um i i think that it it this is why you need some you need Somebody who knows what they're doing to be on a pod with you. Somebody to hear that and go, uh, can I? And he's, Micah's had several different instances that we've played more on the podcast only version. By the way, download the podcast when we get done with this show. We go right to an hour podcast. And then this show you can download on podcast anytime you want. Type in Doug Gottlieb, subscribe, download, rate, review. But I just, I look at this and like this, There's no reason to create any sort of strife between uh, Micah Parsons and the coaching staff. And yet it was created because he wants to defend himself against social media on his own podcast. Uh, I don't get it. Josh Lucas joins us. He's director of player personnel or former director of player personnel with Chicago Bears. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb show. Um, I'm going to play for you. This This is Micah Parsons on his podcast responding to some questions on Twitter
7: at the end of the day we were just outperformed, out-schemed. They had an answer for everything. People saying, "Well, why don't you go to linebacker cuz they said you could stop the run?" Well, guess what? The packages are in for me to go to linebacker. There's multiple packages, multiple variations. But I can only play what it's called. Whatever they're calling, whatever personnel they're putting on, I'm not putting out personnel. I'm not putting out the calls. They're, nothing's coming from me. I do see a Super Bowl in my future. I want to be a Super Bowl champion. I challenge anyone to actually go look at the game film and say that Micah play his heart out. To go out like that at home was completely embarrassing and unacceptable. It took me a while to even be able to show my face in the public. Uh,
4: what do you think of what he said? More about the, the schemes being in, but he wasn't being used that way.
6: Yeah, I think Micah needs some lessons in, you know, some PR. Um, you know, no reason to to air out in-house stuff like that. You know, and and just knowing the player coming out, unreal talent. There was no no one questioned the player's ability to to be an impact player in the NFL, but there was a lot of other questions uh, surrounding Micah and his character and his makeup. And um, I just think if he's got issues, the way he's being used or plays are being called, um, you know, it's got to stay in house. Uh, You know, it's, it's, it just causes distraction and it's, it's, it's complete opposite of team building and team chemistry. There's no reason to have a, a, Individual podcast each week, you know, trying to defend your play. Everyone knows he's a great player, um, you know. So, I would have a, a major problem with that if I was inside that building.
4: Yeah, I, I don't understand why. I don't understand why he needs a podcast. Period. Like what? What? What is? What is? Somebody's going to have to explain to me what the upside of a podcast for a superstar NFL player is.
6: Dallas Cowboys, you know since I've been around the league you know for for twenty years have have drafted a lot of players that um had high end ability, no one questioned it, it whether they'd be able to impact the game uh in a favorable way um but had some off the field character issues makeup issues you know whatever it was, and they've done a hell of a job with uh bringing those guys in and um you know, managing them and getting them to buy into to what their culture is, and without a ton of distraction. Um, and I'm very surprised they haven't reined this in. Um, you know, after it's been going on for a year, you know, it's just it's too much to have to worry about what one person's going to say about your team um, that's in your own locker room. You know, after every win and every every loss, you know, the the microscope's already on that team enough. Uh, he doesn't have to add to it, and I'm I'm very surprised from from whoever, you know, top the owner down that that they don't cut that off.
4: Um, Dan Quinn to the Commanders, who replaces him in Dallas?
6: Oh, as the DC, that's you know, that's you know, something. I'll just be honest with you. I don't I don't I don't know enough about who's on their current staff and 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 who's floating around. It. Would
4: would Brable work? Um,
6: yeah absolutely but you're talking about one of the top um you know overall coaches in the n f l um who's proven to be a good d c um i think rabel works in thirty two buildings you know there's not a he's not a you, a unique you know niche type coach that needs to be in a certain spot they have so much talent on all three levels of that defense need to get a little bit better in the middle especially with van der esch's issues but um mm-hmm. does he want to do that you know i mean i i see Vrabel still as a more a coveted head coach. head coach that's just yeah. you know looking for the right spot you know if, if they could if they could land mike Vrabel as their dc I mean, now you just addition, you know, you know that would be a huge upgrade for them. And I shouldn't say a huge upgrade for them because Dan Quinn's a hell of a coach as well. But it would be an outstanding addition for them. Um, and and you know, you're bringing identity, toughness, and and uh, uh, a definite edge to your to your defense. That's already got some premier players on it.
4: What um what higher has people scratching their heads the most in the NFL?
6: You know, we talked about it a little bit last week. I thought Carolina was a little premature. Um, you know, the coordinator in Tampa, you know, with just really one-year call and plays. Um, I know he had success with Baker. Um, but, you know, I didn't see him as a, a – a head coach coordinator, head coach candidate, after just one year of having success calling plays, you know, I I thought that was a little bit um, risky considering they have a, a, uh franchise quarterback who 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 they want to be a franchise quarterback that's going into his second year. I thought they would go with somebody more established, um, but obviously they must have been extremely impressed with not only his work on the field, but he must have interviewed really well and um to me that was the one that was the biggest surprise.
4: Out and then you. and
6: then the the availability of obviously two premier head coaches and in, in Belichick and Vrabel. I think that's almost been just as big of a story
4: yeah no that's it why do you think Belichick's done
6: do you i think he's done no, I don't think he's gonna go out the way um you know these last two to three years have transpired um you know he's obviously a coach that uh will have the luxury to to sit and you know join the c b s or fox crew for you know a year and and kind of like Sean Payton, just kind of kind of monitor what's going around the league, and uh, have a little more time to understand, you know, what he wants and and where he wants to be, and uh, what you know, obviously what he's going to have to give up uh, uh, as far as control of of a hundred percent of the operation, because um, that's probably uh, not going to happen. But, you know, just based on how it went when he had full control of the operation.
4: Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox sports radio. Okay. Let's get back to Carolina. Canales gets the job. They don't have their first round pick. The owner wanted them to draft Bryce young. So obviously Canales has said, Hey, you don't take that job unless you convince them. I can, I can fix him. Can you fix the Bryce young thing?
6: Yeah, that's going to require a tremendous amount of heavy lifting building around Bryce young the the negatives, the lack of size, arm strength, play strength are always gonna limit his feeling, Doug. And he to me is it's almost impossible for me to see him becoming one of these transcendent quarterbacks that can lift average talent. So you're talking about because of his size and lack of play strength, you know, an unbelievable rebuild of the offensive line, especially the interior three, uh, with his inability to see to make sure that Pocket has integrity consistently, um, and a lot, a lot of talent around him. Um, you know, it's if I if I'm the new head coach of Carolina, that's a it, that's a tough job. You know, I live that. 2017, you know, we, we, we drafted a quarterback the year before Coach Nagy. Um, and obviously, you know, he, he, he didn't pick him, and, and he inherited them. Um, and we entrusted him with making Coach or making Mitch Trubisky the, the franchise quarterback. Um, and after a few years, he, he couldn't do what Coach Nagy needed him to do or wanted him to do to run Coach Nagy's offense. And it got ugly um and and i could easily foresee a very similar situation happening in carolina because now the pressure's on you to make one guy work a system that you know might not be the system that you love or the system that you want to run as a as a head coach offensive coordinator you got to build it around a guy that has a very niche you know um uh talent you know and and the way he plays the game so very challenging situation to, to walk into that job especially with the owner who's um you know that involved with with the previous year's
4: pick no question josh lucas former director of player personnel with the uh chicago bears josh you're the best man appreciate you joining us let's talk next week when we're in vegas
5: all right. Thanks, Doug. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
1: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a podcast. A podcast.
2: Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen.